Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daf Tesavav Amid Aleph. So, the last thing the Gemara mentioned was the Gemara brought in Rav Yechem ben Nuri Shita. Tesavav Amid Aleph. Rav Yechem ben Nuri held, again, we have a machlaikasi Mishama Vishilal. What's the status of a co wife of an erva? Vishilal holds your potter from Yibam and Chalitza. Vishama holds you have to Yibam and Chalitza. So, what did Rav Yechem ben Nuri say? He said, I'm not sure what to do because. If you follow Beis Hillel, then Beisham is upset. If you follow Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel is upset. So what do you do? Let's just do Chalitza. I have a question. I'm a little behind. This erva that the brother married, it was a, a marriage from the Israel? No, no, no. Like a daughter. Uh-huh. Like a, one brother married his niece. So it's, so she falls, then he dies. So she falls. So the daughter and a co-wife fall. To, it's a standard case that we've had. Right. So Beis Hillel holds that you don't have to do anything. Completely potter. Beis Shammai holds... That you have to yibam chalitza. So Rav Yechem Nuri said, oh, "Let's do chalitza. Let's make an institute chalitza." But the Gemara said, that the, the last thing we said was that Hashem orchestrated in such a way that they were never able to officially paskin that way." Fine. Now, why is this being brought down? This is being brought down because today's daf we're going to continue. Although we've already answered the question of how you could have a machlekes between Bishamai and Bishelel, what about Leisiskaidu do? So we said yesterday, Leisiskaidu doesn't apply when you have different batidinim, but the Gemara today's daf will just continue in this parenthetical discussion of did Beishamai follow their own shita? Right. Yesterday's daf we had a quick machalikas whether Beishamai followed their own shita or not, or were they always mevatel das to Beis Hillel? So we're going to continue bringing rise. Okay. So here's the rise. Rabbi Chaminuri wanted to institute chalitza. Says the Gemara on the second line. Amr le Rav Shem Gamliel ma nasalahem l'tzaris harishaynis meata. Rishim Gamliel did not like this concept of instituting chalitza because he said that what's going to be with the tzara? What does this mean? So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Meaning, if you pass in like Beis Hillel, that means the co-wife, the co-wife does nothing, right? If you pass in like Beis Shammai, then from Beis Hillel's perspective, the kids are mamzerim. Rishim Gamliel said, you're telling us to do chalitza, which means you're not really passing like Beis Shammai, you're passing like Beis Hillel. So what about those women? Meaning, if you pass in like Beis Hillel, then those women that Beis Shammai married off are Mamzerim. They're going to make Mamzerim, right? Meaning, historically, yeah, in the past, yeah, in the past. So Rav Liel goes over to Yerachem and Nuri, and he says, "You want to pass in to say Chalitza." So, so, so Rav Liel understood at least the Havamina is understood that he's saying you're not passing like Beis Shammai. You're actually kind of passing like Beis Hillel. Then what about all those women that we married off that we did like Beis Shammai? Whether their kids are Mamzerim. So the Gemara says, what is this a proof? This is obviously an indication that Beishamai actually acted on their shita. So Beishamai acted on their shita, married off those co-wives to do Yibam. Beis Hillel would look at them as Mamzerim. So they're having a taina. It's an interesting thing, having a taina of Yechem and Nuri. Why aren't you passing like Beishamai? Meaning, you're passing to do Chalitza, meaning you're sort of you're sort of edging away from Beishamai, then what about these women that we married off? So you see that Beishamai acted on their shita. Evidently, right? Right, we're having a discussion of, did they, they actually did their shita. So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, The Gemara says like this, no, the truth is Beishamai never actually acted on their shita, at all. So what, what was the problem? So what was Rishim Liel upset about? Rishim Liel is upset like this. If you institute to do chalitza, not that he's upset of why aren't you passing like Beishamai, he's upset, I don't understand, 
Right now, they never paskin. Beishamai was always mevatel das. We always follow Beishilo. This is the more standard understanding of what, what the Tain is. Rebbechem Menuri gets up and says, we should do Chalitza. You know who he's going against? He's going against Basilo, in essence, right? Because Basilo says you do nothing. Beishamai is the one who says do everything. Rebbechem Menuri is saying, let's do Chalitza. Like, let's make Beishamai happy. Rishim Gamliel says, that's not okay. Why? What about all those women that married other guys without doing Yiba more Chalitza? What are we going to do with them? Meaning, not, not that Beishamai actually did. Beishamai never followed their own shita. So what is Rishim Gamliel worried about? Rishim Gamliel is worried that if you start instituting chalitza, then you know what's going to happen? All, people, all those women that didn't do chalitza, people are going to say, well, they probably shouldn't have gotten married to those men. Right? It's like I mentioned yesterday. Anytime you have these new chumras and it comes to Kedushin, we don't like to institute them because then all, those, all the grandmothers that didn't do that, though you're questioning their... So he's saying like this, you're trying to institute chalitza... You know what that means? That all, all those women who went to Beis Hillel and said, you can go, you're fine, there's no, there's no need. They're, they're going to say, their husbands are going to say, maybe I shouldn't have married them. And the Gemara says, oh, and to do Chalitza now, post-marriage, what's the problem with that? So do Chalitza now. The answer is, Mimisu Agavrayu. It's going to cause a lot of fights in the house. Why? The husband, the husband's going to come home and say, what did you do today? She said, I did Chalitza. He's like, what do you mean you did Chalitza? Well, and then she, he's going to think that their marriage was, should not have taken place. And even if she says, no, 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 it's just a chum, it doesn't matter. It's going to create mius. It's going to create a lot of fights in the house. And if you say, okay, make a fight. That's not the way of the Torah. You can't just make fights just because you want to, you're not sure how to paskin like Beisham Beisila. you gotta, gotta, got to decide. We decide like Beisila. I, if you do Chalitza, will make Beisham happy. But what about the women who didn't do Chalitza? And because there are women who didn't do Chalitza, it's not Kedai. Okay, we're again. The answer is uh, you'd like this. Continuing and again in the discussion of whether Beishamai ever followed their own shita. So Tashima, Amr of Tarfan. Now we know Rav Tarfan was the Talmud of Beishamai, right? So Rav Tarfan, it's a strange thing. Tarfan was very sharp. He's a very sharp yid. You can see that throughout the shas. He's a very sharp yid. Rav Tarfan's brother married his daughter. Right? So if Tarifin's brother married his, his niece, meaning if Tarifin's brother married his daughter, so if Tarifin's brother married his daughter, yeah? Same for me, yes. If Tarifin's brother married his daughter, and his brother also had a co-wife. If Tarifin's brother married Rav Tarifin's daughter, and he had a co-wife, which means when Rav Tarifin's brother would die, if he would die childless, it would be the Shaila of Beisham and Beisila, right? Because his daughter and a co-wife were faulted. So Beisham, Rav Tarifin said like this, Rav Tarifin said, Ta'avni, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my brother to die, and I'm going to marry the co-wife of, 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 of my daughter. Meaning, the Rishonim already asked, like, how could you talk that way about your brother? Like, like, like uh, you know, Halavai, my brother dies childless, I'll be able to marry uh, the co-wife. What do you see? You see that he's a Talmud of Bishama. He wants to do it. So you see that Bishama actually acted on the Shita. <laughs> But by, by marrying her, right. evidently Beishamai actually had their own shita. They weren't mevatel das, right? If Beishamai's shita was all theoretical, they actually did it. So what is he? What is he chalishing for? No, no, he laid down on the floor. That's right. That's Shammai. Yeah, Beishamai. Well, that's a, that's from brachas. I'm saying from this sugya. This sugya is a raya. So the Gemara says, no, aim of Asiana, change the girsa. Not that he was waiting to marry his daughter's co-wife. He was waiting to marry her off. Meaning he was saying, I can't wait for him to die because 
I'll show you that we actually pass and that we follow Basil. Oh. So the Gemara says, then what's the Chiddush? Like, okay, what's the Chiddush? You have to say, I wait for my brother to die, so I can tell you Pascal and Basil. We all know we Pascal and Basil. The answer is, and Nuri. He was trying to say, we don't follow Ravicham and Nuri. Again, Ravicham and Nuri held that everyone should do Chalitza. He was saying, no, no, no. I can't wait for my brother to die so that I could actually marry her off. No Chalitza, no Yibam. Okay. Tashima. Another proof. Again, attempt at a proof of whether Beishamai actually followed their own Shita. Now, Maisa Rav Gamliel, the Bidish Rav Gamliel, Rav Gamliel's daughter was married to his brother. And again, so it's Mamish this case with a co-wife. Umais, Rav Gamliel's brother died. Rav Gamliel actually did it. Rav Gamliel married his daughter's co-wife. He actually did. He did Yibim. So that's it. There's no greater proof than that. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, um, Rav Gamliel was the Nasi. Who was his grandfather? Oh, great grandfather. Hillel. So, uh, so you're telling me Rav Gamliel is following Bishamai? That's a, that's a strange thing. So the Gemara says, V'tizba Rav Gamliel metamid Bishamai. Who doesn't make sense anyway? Rav Gamliel's not a Talmud of Bishamai. Rav Gamliel was, a, was the, he was in the lineage of Beishelo. So what, what? So how is he doing this stam? Forget about. Okay, so you have a ride that Bishamai did Hashita, but then how is Rav Gamliel following Bishamai over Beishelo? The answer is Elishani bitish Rav Gamliel the islandis have The answer is Rav Gamliel's daughter was an islandis, and therefore when Rav Gamliel's daughter and her co-wife felt Rav Gamliel for Yibam, if she wasn't an islandis. If she was just Stam married to the brother in a healthy way and there was no question about the marriage, of course she would be exempt and she would exempt the co-wife. So why did he do Yibam on the co-wife? The answer is because she was an islandess. And if you remember, an islandess renders her marriage null and void. It's a mekachtoi slimafreya. So she was never actually married to the brother. So he did Yibam because the, the, the daughter was never in the picture. Okay. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So you tell me the reason why he did Yibam is because the daughter was an islandess. The islandess is the first wife? Or the daughter. Sarah? The daughter. The daughter was an islandess, rendering her never married to the brother. So she's not, there was no, it's not a co-wife for the daughter. She was never involved. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You're telling me the reason why Rav Gamliel married the, the co-wife is because the daughter was an islandess. But the end of the Bryce says, the daughter was an islandess. The implication is that the first opinion holds she wasn't an islandess. So what's going on over here? You're telling me that the daughter was an islandess, but the Acherim say she was an islandess. The implication is the Tanakama held she wasn't an islandess. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, Hikir bavaloi, hikir The answer is, the first answer is, both the Tanakama and the Acherim both believe that she was an islandess. So what's the, what's the difference between the two? Everyone agrees she was an islandess, and that's why he was able to marry the co-wife. So what's the machlekes? The machlekes is, if you remember, we had a we had this a couple of ago. There's a machlekes is what type of islandess, what's the scenario where an islandess um, uh, is sort of removed from the picture? One opinion holds an islandess only is removed from the picture when you find out she's an islandess because it's a mekachtois. Rava holds no. If the erva is an islandess, even if you knew about it, also out of the picture. Because she, she's not the type of woman that could do yibum, because she can't have children, she's not Bechlal yibum. So she's not considered a sister-in-law that's Bechlal the Parsha. Meaning it's a machloikis of what type of islandess exempts. Is it only when you find out it's a Mekachtois, or even when you knew about it? That's the two views. The two views 
It's not that the second view holds she was an islandist, the first view holds she was an islandist. No, the first view also knows she was an islandist. But the first view holds that she was an islandist. They found out she was an islandist. The second view, they knew she was an islandist. Okay, fine. There's a machlegas of when does an islandist exempt an erva. That's the first possibility. The second possibility is, I'll just say you outside that we'll see an inside. The second possibility is that really, no. The first, only the second sheet held she was an islandist, not the first. So according to the first sheet, if she's not an islandist, why is Rav Gamliel marrying the co-wife? The answer is, it's a scenario, according to the first opinion, Rav Gamliel's daughter was divorced. But if you remember, meaning she was divorced before her husband died. So what's the, what's the shayla? If you remember, there was a machloikas. If you divorce the erva before the husband dies, but the erva was a co-wife at one point, you understand? Meaning, that it's a machloikas whether that works. So the reason why the second view has to say she was an islandess is because the first view says she was divorced after she was married. Meaning there was a period of time where Gamliel's brother was married to the two women, one the daughter of Gamliel and one a regular lady, and then he divorced the daughter and then died. The first opinion holds that if you divorce, if you divorce, even if they were co-wives at any point, if you divorce before death, then the daughter's out of the picture, you do yibam. The second opinion holds no, it only works if you divorce before they were co-wives. Meaning you marry the daughter, divorce the daughter, then marry the other woman. I said, according to that, if he divorced afterwards, then how do you do Yibam? Islandess. Meaning, according to the second, second possibility, one opinion holds she was an islandess, and that's why he did Yibam. And the first opinion holds that the reason why there was Yibam, not because of an islandess, but because he divorced the woman. But he divorced after they were co-wives. So that's why the second opinion doesn't hold of it, so he had to come onto the islandess. Meaning, everyone holds, this was not a standard case of him following Bishamai. Either... She was an islandist according to both views, or she was an islandist according to one view, and she was divorced. Or the last opinion is that she was an islandist, or the first view is not that she was divorced, but that when Rav Gamliel's brother married the daughter, he made a t'nai. He made a t'nai when they got married. I'm going to marry you on condition that you're healthy. And then he found out that she had some sort of ailment, whatever, some sort of deficiency. And the first view holds that created the marriage should be a mekachtais. The second view holds that it doesn't make a mekachtais. Okay. But the point is, every possibility holds that it was not a standard case of following Bishama. So the Gemara says, Iba Yisema, another possibility. The case was that the daughter uh, and the co-wife were married at the same time, but then the daughter was divorced. So the first opinion holds that that's enough to render the daughter out of the picture and you do Yibam. The second opinion holds no, so that's why you have to say she was an islandist. And And some say the case was that when the Rav Gamliel's brother had Bia with where of Gamliel's daughter, for marriage, he made a t'nai. And there's a shayla in Kedushin, whether that t'nai, if the t'nai is not fulfilled, is the marriage, do we assume that he still wants to get married or not? I mean, that was the case. So the first opinion holds that the marriage is null and void, so she, he was never married to the daughter, and that's why he did yibam. The second opinion is, no, the marriage is, vo- is, no, is not null, it's a valid marriage, so why did he do yibam? Islandess. Okay, but kuli alma, it was not a case of following a bishamah. Okay, let's go another kasha. Again, trying to bring rayas that they followed Bishamai, that Bishamai followed the Shita. Masa Rav this we had in Erevin and in Rosh Hashanah. If you remember, when is the Rosh Hashanah Lilanos regarding Meiser, right? Right. Each year has different Meisers, right? So year two and year three are different Meisers, Meiser Ani, Meiser Sheni. So when, when, does, um, when is Rosh Hashanah Lilanos? So Tu B'Shvat is Beisilu, Echa B'Shvat is Bishamai. Which means, Echod B'Shvat, according to Beis Hillel, is last year, according to Bishami, is the next year. You understand? So says the Gemara, it's a very famous Gemara, Ma'isa B'Rav Akiva, Shalikit Esek B'Echod B'Shvat, 
Right, Rav Akiva plucked an esrig on the first of Shvat. So according to Beishamai, it's the following year. According to Beishelil, it's the previous year. Rav Akiva was machmer. He did both maestras. He did maestras of this year like Beishamai, and last year like Beishelil. So Shmamina also. So you see that Beishamai actually followed their own shita. Agdei kach that Rav Akiva is being machmer like it. So the Gemara says no. Rav Akiva gamre estapikle v'liyodei beishil bechem shvad ami betu b'shvad amar. The answer is no. Rav Akiva beishamai actually never had their sheets. So why is Rav Akiva being machmer? This is Rav Akiva just didn't know what beishil held. If Rav Akiva knew what Basil held, he would not be machmer like Beishamai. The case was he did not know. Rav Akiva was confused as to whether Basil said tu b'shvat or ech b'shvat. There were different, I guess, dissenting views at the time of what Basil shita was. So he was machmer for Basil, not for Beishamai. Beishamai was always mavatul das to Basil. Okay, weiter. Masimarzudra. There were different students. I guess there was just confusion amongst the students of Basil as to what their shita was. I don't know. Oh, there's a shayla of how old does a katan have to go to the sukkah? Shammai held that they do. And the story goes that the daughter-in-law of Shammai, Piches is a maziva, opened up the ceiling above the crib and and so Shammai no asu. So you see that they followed their own shita, right? Because Beishamai's daughter-in-law uh, did that for the grand, grandson of Beishamai, of Shammai. So the Gemara says, no, the truth is, Beishamai never followed their own shita if it was clear against Beishelo. So why over here did they feel comfortable putting up the sukkah? All it does, if you see someone opening up the skylight of your house, it doesn't look like you're making a sukkah. It just looks like you want some air. Meaning... Really, the daughter-in-law would not have—they would not have done the sheet of Beishamai if it was clear that they're passing like Beishamai. Even Beishamai wouldn't do it. The only reason why the daughter-in-law of Shamai felt comfortable setting up the sukkah situation was because anyone who's watching it just looks like she wants some air for her grandkid. That's it. The Gemara says, "Over there, it just looks like you want to have—you uh, know—you want to have a little more air." Anytime it's not clear, that's fine. No, Shammai felt comfortable following their own shita if it's not clear that you're going against Basila. Okay, another Okay, the case was, we've had this concept in the past, it's called Hashaka. Hashaka means that you have a non-kosher mikvah connected to a kosher mikvah, so as long as the waters intermingle and touch, the kiss, it's kosher. Now, how big of a hole does it have to be for the waters to connect? So we had this, the this the 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 spout of a skin uh, of a snakeskin spout, whatever the it's two fingers, two fingers, the ability to spin around two fingers, a very small hole. That's beishilashita. Beishami actually holds that the hole has to be roiv, meaning it has to be a large break. Yeah. So the case was in Yehu and Yerushalayim, there was this mikvah that everyone was using, and they were using it, and it was built with the method of Beisilo. But, so what do they do? Shalichu Beishamai Verechivu. Beishamai... spouting the water, where the water came out had to be two fingers? No, the, 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 the spout connected, the whole connecting base, uh, the two mikvos, the kosher mikvah and the non-kosher mikvah. So, so, 
Yeah, yeah. Meaning in a lot of mikvahs, even in the mikvah that you go to, um, the actual water that you're going into is not necessarily the kosher mikvah. It's water that's drawn, uh, but there's a kosher mikvah behind the wall, and there's a, a, a small hole connecting it. Beishamai holds that it has to be mamish open. It has to be a significant break. There has to be the majority of that wall. Let's say the wall is four feet. The majority of it has to be open. So you'd have to break two and a half feet to let it flow. So that's what Beishamai did. Beishamai sent messengers to this mikvah in Yushalayim, and they made the hole bigger. Because Beishamai holds the wall has to be in majority open. Utnan. And the Mishnah says, Erev mikvos, how big of the hole? So Bishil says, Kishi Pipers it has to be the opening of a spout. And around it has to be two fingers. Okay. Now, so what do you see? See, Bishamai acted on their Shita. They made the, the mikvah bigger. So Shmamina Asu. So go to the next page. So the answer is Hasam. Again, the answer is over there. The reason why they felt comfortable doing it is because nobody saw it thinking they're passing like Beishamai over Beishil. They just think they'd rather have more water flow. Instead of having a little bit of a hole, isn't it much better to have mamish flowing water back and forth? So it's not clear to someone that they're doing it to paskin over Beishil. It could be that they just did it because they want more water in the mikvah. Right? You make a bigger hole, that means there's more water in the mikvah. Okay, so Tashima, now let me explain outside this next concept before we go weiter. The concept is like this. Um, for fruits or vegetables to become able to become tame, I think it's in the sixth parish actually, it has to be that um, it has to have gotten wet, right, with one of the liquids, one of the seven liquids. It has to have gotten wet, yeah, and you have to be happy that it got wet. You have to be nauseous that it got wet. So there's a machleikus between Beishamai and Beishillel. If, if you press olives, some of the sap and the oils of the olive will naturally spill out and it'll become like soft and like sticky. The question is, is that a liquid that would make it able to become tummy? Beishillel says yes, because that's considered, you know, olive oil. And Beishamai says no, it's actually considered fruit juice and it's not able to become tame through that. That's Bishama Shita. The, the sap that comes out of olives is not the type of liquid that would make it susceptible to tame. That's what you have to know as a background before this next sugar. So the whole Indian of being happy about the liquid with the olives, not being, it's all Bishama. Bishama holds it's not susceptible to tame. It's not water, it's not milk, it's not honey, it's, fruit not, it's fruit juice. It's not the type of liquid that, that, that would make it susceptible to tame. Bishama holds that it is. Says the Gemara. I saw that all he had was bread and salt. He was very poor. says, I told my father about this. He says, take these olives to him. He wanted to give a gift to the Rebbe. So he gives him olives. So I bring the olives. Here's the problem. Rav Yechan Achorni was a very big Yerushimayim. He sees that these olives are a little soft and they're wet. So he f- was afraid because they got wet and he assumed that they were happy that it got wet. That means it's susceptible to Tumah. And he didn't want to eat it because maybe someone had touched it in the way and he was makbid. He was makbid like a high level of Tahara. So Amr Ali, ain't any zesim. So you also see Amidus. He didn't say I'm not going to eat your fruit because I might become Tameh. I don't eat olives. 
It also just shows your menshlich. He didn't say, I don't hold of your kashas. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an olive guy. He didn't eat olives. So Rosebert Tzedek goes back to his father and tells him what happened. So Amr Ali, Leich v'Amr Loi, Chavis Nekuva Ha'isa'el Shastu Mu'a Shomrim. So he says, go back and tell him, I made holes in the bottom of the barrel. It just got plugged up by the sediment. Meaning, Rosebert Tzedek's father, tell Rebbe Ha'achorni like this. I understand what he's worried about. He's worried that it's wet and that it's susceptible to Toma because I'm happy that it's got wet. Tell him, I'm not happy. How do you know? How do you show that you're not happy that it gets wet? Make holes in the bottom to let it drain out. Meaning, if you if you let it sit in its juices, then obviously you want it to sit in its juices. He says, I made holes in the bottom of the barrel to allow it to drain out. Meaning, I don't want the liquid there. So even if it is a liquid, don't worry, it's not susceptible to it because I'm not happy about it. I, you didn't see it dripping out. It got plugged up by the sediment. But I, I did. Meaning. If you didn't make holes, then that's your way of showing you're happy with the liquid being there. I'm not happy with the liquid being there. I made holes in the bottom. So the Gemara says... No, it was. No, it was true. Yeah, no, he made holes. It was plugged up by the sediment. That's why Rabbi Lazar, that's why Yechem and Khorni didn't see the liquid dripping out. But, but he's saying, tell him that it's not susceptible to Tom. And it says the Gemara, Utnan, the Mishnah says, If you have olives that are sitting in their sap, Beishamai says you don't have to make holes because they hold that it's not susceptible to them because that's not the type of liquid that it's considered fruit juice. Beishil says no, it is susceptible to them. And they're moed if you make holes. Now, this Rav Yechon the Gemara says, who was he? He was a Talmud of Beishamai. So what was the whole thing to do anyway? So what was this whole to do, right? If he's Talmud of Beishamai, it's not susceptible to them anyway. So the Gemara says, this is Rabbi Yechon although he was a Talmud of he was always makbid like Basil. So that's why he didn't want to eat the olives. So Gemara says, what do you see from here? You see that Beishamah actually acted on their shita. Why? Because we're saying that he's a Talmud of Beishamah, but he follows Basil. If Beishamah never had their own shita, then every Talmud of Beishamah is a Talmud of Basil. You understand? The Gemara is saying about Rabbi Yechon although he's a Talmud of Beishamah, he always acted like Basil. He's always machal like Basil. That's evidently a raya that Beishamai acted on their own shita. If Beishamai never acted on their own shita, then what do you have to tell me? Rebbe Chorni followed Basil. Yeah, of course. Every Shammai yid followed Basil. It must be that Beishamai had their own shita. The Gemara says, Iyam Rebbe Shleimah Asu Hainu Rebusei. Eliyam Reloi Asu Hainu Rebusei. So it's a raya that Beishamai had their own shita. Okay, Vaiter. Another raya that Beishamai followed their own shita. So Toshima, Shalu is Rebbe Yeshua. They ask Rabbi Shua the following kasha. Saras Abbas Mahu. What is the halacha of a co-wife of a co-wife of an erva? They ask Rabbi Shua basically, who's right, Bisham Abisal? Right? Co-wife of an erva. Samalahem Ramachlikis Bisham Abisil. It's Machlikis. Who's right? And if you know history of Rabbi Shua, he's non-confrontational. Rabbi Shua is non-confrontational throughout Shas. He does not like confrontation. Why are you putting me between these two people? And more than that, I'm afraid I'll get killed. Why? If he gets up and he says the halacha follows Beisil, you know what that means? That means there's a lot of mamzerim out there from Beishamah. By the way, like from mamzerim. You understand? They're mamzerim because they were following Beishamah. He says they're going to kill me. By the way, literally, I think he was probably worried about his own life. 
He's like, I, I, I'm going to start getting up and saying the Bisil's right. And then all the Bishamay tell me them who say, oh, so he's a Mamzer. So they're calling me a Mamzer. And they, uh, he says, uh, they're going to break my skull. Now, pause right there. The fact that he's that saying, yeah, the fact that he says that, that they're going to break my skull, evidently they actually acted on their own shita, right? He was worried about people that actively were married, uh, you know, uh, their, their co wives, whatever, that did Yibam. Yeah, but I, I think he, if he's if he's worried, the Gemara understands that he. Rashi says he's worried because of, because you're actually saying the Mamzer. I don't think he'd be worried about a theoretical machloikas. You understand? If he's actually worried, that means that the, that it actually happened. So the Gemara says, and then he adds. He says, you should know, I'm not getting involved, but I am going to tell you, there are, uh, there are uh, people that were co-wives that married other people like Beis Hillel, and their grandkids are Kehanim Gedol. Okay, that's what he said. Now, by the way, the Gemara is going to ask Kash in a moment, like, they were asking him about the co-wives, meaning from Beishamai, and he's saying, you should know, some of them follow Beis Hillel, and they're still Yarishamayim. So it's interesting, because they were asking, like, what's the halacha? And he says, I'm afraid to tell you about the co-wives, because those are Mamzerim. But you should know, there are some that follow Beis Hillel that are Yarishamayim. So it's like interesting. It's like you start with Beishamai, and then you go to Beis Hillel. It's, it's an interesting, you know. So the Gemara says, but let's just finish up the proof. If, if he's not worried, meaning, if they never actually acted on their shita, what is he worried about? It must be they acted on their shita, and he's worried. He's calling them mamzerim. So the Gemara just says like this, Yamrit nami da'asu, Yeshua ein The Gemara just says aside, it's a kasha. Let's assume that they actually followed on their shita. So what is he afraid about? He's afraid that he's calling them mamzerim, right? Why are they mamzerim? Because they married the sister-in-law, which is what? Chayv karis. And we pasuk in Chayv Karis makes a mamzer. Not Rav Yeshua. Rav Yeshua himself actually held that to make a mamzer you need Misas Bezin. Rav Yeshua him, actually himself, but it's not a mamzer. So what is he so worried about? Let's say he says that Beis is right, and Beis is like, "You call me a mamzer." He says, "Not to me. Uh, it's Chayv Karisus, but to me, it's not. It's not a mamzer." It's like, why, why is he worried? Like Lishitasai, it's not mamzeris. So the answer is, while it's not mamzeris, it's still Pasla Kahuna. If you have the kid of a chayvei krisis, according to Rabbi Yeshua, while it's not mamzeris technically, it's still not great. It's still not what you want. It's still not someone that a kayan would marry. You understand? Meaning, if you have someone, according to Rabbi Yeshua, you have someone who lives with his daughter, with his sister-in-law, and has a child. While that child is not a mamzer, she can't marry a kayan. So he's afraid that he's going to say the pasul kahuna. That's that's the pshat. According to everyone else, he's saying the mamzerim. Lishita say they're actually not a mamzer, but the pasul kahuna. And he's afraid to say the Apostle Kuhuna. So the Gemara says, Meaning, it's, it's not worse than Almana, uh, Almana to a Kayin Gadol, right? And Almana to a Kayin Gadol makes uh, children that are Apostle Kuhuna because it's Chayvi Lavin. So these children are Chayvi Kriis. It's definitely Apostle Kuhuna. Now, by the way, just one thing. To, I, I mentioned this yesterday to Agavdik. I think it's important to note. The only Chayvi Krisis that does not make a Mamzer is a woman who's a Nida. I just want to make that clear because um, uh, if you walk away from these Sugas, you'll think that if a guy and a girl, um, 
that were single, whatever, and had a baby, or if they were married but they weren't, she didn't go to the mikvah. Um, that, that does not make a mamzer. It's the only chayvah krisis that does not make a mamzer. I just want to make that clear. So the Gemara just says like this, one last kasha. They asked Rav Yeshua, what's the status of the co-wife? Meaning, from the Beishamai perspective, because, um, and he said, I don't want to get involved, because uh, it's going to call them mamzerim. But he said, you should know, there are women that follow Beis Hillel, that uh, the kids are... Uh, it's weird because it's like at first we're asking you about Bishama and then you're like turning to Basilo. So the Gemara says, The answer is, the answer is, they were asking him two things. They're asking him, what is the status of the halacha, meaning the women that, that followed Bishama, how does Basilo look at them? And then the women that followed Basilo, how did Bishama look at them? And the answer was like this: the women that followed Beis Hillel, the, the women that followed Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel would look at them as mamzerim. The women that followed Beis Hillel, how does Beis Shammai look at them? And that he said, the children are kosher l'kohuna. I mean, they're, 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 it's only chavilav, and it's not meaning. It's not. It's not. Uh, the they're children are kind of Let me ask you a question: Why would I care how Beis Shammai looks at them? No, but if if, if the halacha follows Beis Hillel, what do I care? Like, what do I... Oh, how does Bishamay look at these women who should have done Yiba but didn't? Well, okay. Well, yeah, but the answer is, what's Nafkamina? We don't pass like Bishamay anyways. What do I care how Bishamay looks at it? The answer is, he was asking a broad question, which is, what's the status of a Chayvei Lavin? Meaning, Bishamay looks at... Uh, from Bishamay's perspective, who is this woman? She's a woman who should do Yiba, but doesn't. And she marries someone else. What is that? It's Chayvei Lavin. So he says, how does Bishamay look at those kids? So who cares? Because there are Chayvei Lavin... <laughs> We're just asking in general, what's the status of a child from a Chayvei Lavin? Meaning, so we're asking how Bishamay look at it. It's not relevant in this case, because we follow Beis Hillel. But it's relevant for other, if a Kayan marries a Grusha, what's the kids? Meaning, in general, what's the status of a Chayvei Lavin? Or a Masa Grushaso, forget about Kayan. A Masa Grushaso, a man's wife divorced, marries someone else, and then you take her back. Be'isr. What, what's the status of the kids? So once you could tell me how Bishamay looks at Beis Hillel, I'll know how to look at other Chayvei Lavin. The Gemara says, "Lemishra chayv vlad machzer grushas lebeshilo mikarmin kavachaymer uma amana lekayin gal dasheni sur shav bechol benapagum zur shur shur shav bechol in edin shep benapagum." Do we say that just like the child of an amana lekayin gal, the child the child is pasul kuhuna, so too this child of all chayvilav and the child is pasul kuhuna? Oidilma no ikel mifrach malamana sheyatsim ischalalas. You can't bring a raya from malamana because malamana herself uh, becomes. Uh, a halala. She becomes uh, she becomes pasul kuhuna, but uh, maybe the kids not. The Gemara says saris misyarani saris ani So that's why he answered. I'm worried about telling you the tsaris. Look at the last Rashi on the page. me I don't want to say anyone's chavik krisis. Go to the next page. Top Rashi. That I could tell you that the children of such a union of a regular chavik lavin is kashul kuhuna. And therefore, I feel comfortable saying that. I will stop here, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. By the way, when you said that uh, Nida's the only... Recording stop.